up everybody thanks for hanging out with me today in dad's crib this is my first interview episode and i have an extremely special guest today and um while i was getting all this ready i was trying to figure out who i wanted to be my first guest and a lot of people came to mind and looking him in the eye right now i'm gonna tell him he wasn't on the list as first episodes because he's a very busy person, and so we just don't get to hang out like that anymore. So um, just out the blue, as fate would have it, he hit me up last week and said, hey, man, it is about time for us to get together and do a happy hour and catch up. And so even you know, then, I was like, cool, we had it, had it on the books. Hadn't thought much about it, and it hit me this morning. This is who has to be the first guest and I will tell you why he doesn't even know why he really had to be the first guest but I will tell you in just a second so I'm going to tell you a little bit about him before I tell you who he is he was once the highest recruited high school player in Texas knee blew out or had a knee injury back before it was so easy to fix knee injuries he still went on to be a starting quarterback for UNT. You can actually play him as a character on one of the most coveted franchises ever in video game history, NCAA. You can see him every week right now during high school football season on Texas 21 high school football. And he's going to get into some new stuff he's doing that I didn't even know about. Uh, what else, man? Um, you and, you already got more than I even. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude has the purest golf swing you will ever see. And we'll get a little bit more into that. But when I tell you this man has the purest golf swing you will ever see, believe me. And I'm talking pro. My guest today is my friend, my brother, somebody I love dearly. We go way back. We are probably yeah. 20 years now into this. His name is Ladaren L.D. McLean, yep. and I can tell you I am so happy to have him here. What's up, man? Man, what's going on? How, how am I supposed to uphold to that introduction? Because you bring out stuff that I, one, had totally forgotten about. We do go back 20 years. I've been a bad friend. You know, we, we do get busy in life, and, you know, we got kids. I'm pretty sure we're going to touch on and stuff like that, but – um, Randy's always been one that I'm always got that one, like, man, I probably need to reach out to him, say what's up and see what he's up to now. And you definitely up to doing this. Yeah, I am up to doing this, man. But this really goes into why we are here talking about this right now. Um, this goes into that. We, we, when we had an off, off, um, my combo about being the first generation yep. of, um, you know, of these all in dads and we get busy, man. I think the beautiful thing, especially about a lot of men now, we know, like, if that call comes in, they're there, right? It's not about if I call you every day. It's not about if I text you every day. It's not about, you know, but 
if I, if that call comes in, yeah, we there. And yeah, and that's right. and at this point, that's all that's all that counts. How can you live up to what I said? <laughs> Problem is, you don't have to because what I said has already been done. Yeah. It's already been done. So you don't have to live up to it. Well, you know that first guess, you, you know, that, that, that initial. Hey, man. Yeah, you, know, you break the seal on something, right? You Listen. know, you want to do it, do it the right way. You're a pro at this. You do this, <laughs> this for a living. So real quick, other than, because you, you told me a couple other things, but other than the high school football that you've been doing for how many, how many seasons have you done? Oh, my gosh. Year? It's going on, what, 14 seasons now? Yeah, 14 seasons doing that. And now it's morphed into, you know, how can we do more with this at Texas 21? Um, you know, now that's bled over into ESPN Plus, ESPN 3, um, and college football. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, the, and, and all it is is that it's just, it's just doing something that I'm, that I'm comfortable with. Right. And yeah. that's just talking football, and that's, that's all it is, 100%, man. man. 100%. <laughs> From the day I met you, man, I knew I, I had just met somebody special. I knew it. And I'm going to go into how we met in just a second. But um, why you needed to be the first guest? Yeah, let's let's get let's get to that. Let's get to. So, I played a lot of golf before I met LD. LD and I met on the golf course. We became really good friends, and so we played and practiced every day. Now, this is going to be a far stretch. I know he's going not agree with this probably but if i've ever met if i ever met anybody in my life that naturally had the mamba mentality it's ld that he he was up early he was grinding away on his game and he worked late grinding away on his game while he was still grinding away at life at work relationship everything so I had already been to the course that day because I lived at the course. <laughs> and I get a phone call from my wife, and she says, meet me at the bank. And she had to do some business in the bank. So I meet her at the bank, and she comes out. She gets in my car, and she can't hold water. She literally cannot hold water. And she tosses me a plastic bag with a pregnancy test in it. And I look at it and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and it's so crazy. If anybody's ever gone through this, like it said, congratulations on the bag written in blue ink. And I'm looking at her like, what? Like, what? And finally my focus, my focus kind of comes out and I see this congratulations on the bag. And I'm like stunned yeah. as we all are at that time. And I'm like, wow, okay. And she, at the time, had to go somewhere else. Like, she wasn't going home, and she had a little more work to do. And so she says, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going back to the course. <laughs> and everybody thinks I – everybody looks at it like, I, I, oh, I just found out you're pregnant. I'm going back to play golf. That wasn't it. The golf course, the range was my sanctuary. That's yep. where I thought. Yep. That's where I found solace. Yep. Yep. That's where I found peace. And on my way to the course, I picked up the phone and I called LD. And I said, meet me at the course. I said, can you come to the course? 
And he said, yeah. He said, I'm on my way there anyway. So I get there, and he's practicing, and we jump in the cart, and we, we decide to go play a few holes. And I look at him. I said, man, guess what? He said, what? I said, Joe's pregnant. Yeah. I remember that. So he was the first person to find out yep. that I was going to become a dad. Yep. And when I thought about that today, although this was not planned, we was going to happy hour. We having a happy hour. It's fate, man. I was like, I got it. He has to be the first one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and I sent him a text and said, hey, do you mind doing the pod today? And he said, for sure. And so here we are. Yeah, here and we that, are. That's why, yeah, you had to be the first one. Well, man, and, I appreciate and, it. And fate just happened um, to put us here. I remember that like it was yesterday, too. Um, but. Not to get too far into that about you and I. I mean, I'm sure we'll have time maybe touch on some things. We laid a foundation back then, man. Yes, sir. You couldn't say Randy and LD and put golf. You couldn't say that without. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We that that was that was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And it was more than golf. From because we talked about things about kind of dad stuff before we were even dads. Of course, right? Yeah. So. We laid a foundation that goes beyond swinging the club. What I'm most fond of is that I know I can always come to you and talk to you about anything. I'm honored, man. Hey, man. I'm honored. So let me um, – I'm just going to tell you real quick how we met because uh, I think it's a great story. <laughs> I was on the golf course, like I said, daily. And I was out on the range. And everybody got to know me. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people – that I can see things better than I can do things. I can coach things better than I can probably do them. But I have an eye. Mm -hmm. And I was on the range at the time, and I was actually doing some mental coaching yep. at the time. But I was on the range. Never met OD before. I think he had just started coming to the club. And I hadn't paid much attention to him at the time, but I was helping somebody else with some swing stuff. And when I, when I was done, I turned around, and here's this guy, and, and LD's 6'3", probably 6'2 and a half now. You, you, lose, you, you know, you got to slump over when you yeah, get old, yeah, right? 6'3", built pretty much like a linebacker, right? But slim, trim, cut. And he looks at me and goes, you mind taking a look at my swing? I said, sure, no worries, no problem. So I walk over, and he grabs a club. And I don't even—I don't want to get into a whole bunch of golf stories, but to give you an idea, he hits a three iron with the velocity and the trajectory of probably a seven or eight iron. And he... I've seen him actually hit a pitching wedge 170 yards. And this is not brute, brute strength. This is all technique. And it's so pure and so natural. So I'm sitting up here watching this guy hit this ball like I had never seen a ball hit before. And he's asking me to look at his swing and see if I see anything. And we start working from there. Yep. And we start working on it. We it wasn't much to work on the swing, but I was always there to to say, "Hey, you're doing this or you're doing that." 
but more than anything, we really got into the mental side of yep. it. We, we, we worked on it. Um, LD did some famous stories of him throwing clubs in the trees. <laughs> stories on breaking clubs. I've grown out of that. Grown out of Glad that. Glad to hear that. <laughs> and there, and that's what we worked on. We worked on trying to get him to stay within himself. We had some good times and we had some success, successes. And, you know, some things didn't work the way we want them to, but it moved on and we, we had a good time mm-hmm. doing that. Now, I'm going to say this, and I hope it gets back to him. The beautiful thing about this, he still can't beat his dad. <laughs> you had to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, he still. Yeah. Now, you talk. I say LD has the purest swing I've ever seen, and that's only because his dad is in the stratosphere that is like uh, yeah, nobody so. else. He's 77 this year. 77 years old. This year. And just as Yeah, he can shoot his age like nothing still yeah. to this day. I've, I've watched him drop a ball on a green from a hundred some uh, yards away and you don't even hear it. Nope. It's so soft. Yep. It's ridiculous. Man. <clears throat> it's and so, incredible. So that, that leads us into the whole dad thing. So you, you, you learn from your dad. So dad was good about um, life lessons. In my household, we learned life lessons through sports. We just had a sports family. I had two older sisters. They ran track. They were cheerleaders. They were basketball players. I played football. I played every sport you could imagine. But golf was where I learned the most. And it's not necessarily on the course with Dad. It was driving to the course. And then that's where I would get – he'd ask me questions. How you doing? You know, what's going on? You know, what girl you talking to? That's where I got the foundation of being a dad now, you know, with my own son now, Blake, of trying to pepper him with questions just to try to get a vibe because Blake didn't is not having that connection where he can wake up every day and see his dad. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, he he doesn't have that where he can just walk down the hall, you know, at the end of the, you know, I come home from work and say, Dad, hey, help me with your homework because me and his mom are separated and it's been like that for quite some time. But um, you kind of got to have to try to go the extra mile to try to do that. So what I learned from my dad is to always, you know, pepper him with questions, be into it, you know, be resourceful to him in the sense that, you know, you know, this is dad, you know. And right. um, I try to get away from being a too much of a buddy but at the same time you still got to be a friend to your yeah. kid you know yeah. that's a that's a, that's a main thing they they got to feel comfortable to come to you 100%. um so i i learned that until this day you know my bad my dad being 77 years old um we kid we we like boys right right yeah. you know yeah. so it comes full circle and um so yeah man it's just one of those things that um it's just funny now you see yourself you know me now being 42 you know, when I was a little kid, you know, 12, you know, going to 20 and 22, 25, 30, you know, um, all these things that I may have taken for granted from dad, just the advice, just the little, the little nuggets and stuff. You don't, you, you appreciate it somewhat then, but when you get older now and it's on you, you look at it and say, damn, you know, man, I swear, I probably should have, I should have paid more attention. Man, I should have gone with dad, you know, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. So yeah, on that note, let me ask you this. As, as a parent, that is my hardest thing 
the waiting out of them because I'm very protective and I, I, I will admit I'm probably a little overprotective and I want so much for them, you know, and I, I feel like they have opportunities they're not taking, taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. And RJ will tell you this and Austin will tell you this. Austin will tell you, I told him this last week. The thing that scares me the most is that you're going to be in a situation one day and you're going to say, you're going to think back to a conversation and say, I should have listened. Man, I should have listened. But do you think that from that perspective there, you put in a little bit too much pressure on yourself because you can only do so much to tell your kid, instruct them, give them life lessons, but they got to learn and live their own lives too, right? They, they have to experience failure. They have to experience successes. They have to experience the ups and downs. And so it may not be a bad thing for them to say, you know what? I should have listened because maybe it's meant for them at that moment in time for them to finally get it. It may not be meant for them when they're five. 100%. Eight. Yeah. No, 100%. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 yeah, <clears throat> I know. And that's, that's the only way I get through. Is it through to have that mindset is to right. kind of have that mindset that is as frustrated as I might be as as scared. I'm not as afraid to say as scared as as much as it scares me, because, you know, I go from you not wanting to work hard at yeah. a sport to seeing them like homeless on Skid Row. Like <laughs> uh, yeah. so for me, there's there's no in between. Like, you know, <laughs> no, what I'm saying, I, no, I get that. You know, there's no in between. You know, and I, I try to get better and I go through my, my phases of being better about that. <laughs> but we know, you know, youth is wasted on the young. Right. Right. And there's only there's a chosen few that absorbed and utilized the wisdom that was offered to them mm -hmm. by their elders. And so this is not new. It mm -hmm. happened before us. It's happening now. It's going to happen. Now. It's going to always happen. Yep. It's going to always happen. But like you said, at the end of the day, your dad being, you know, there doing that. Yep. And even through golf and even riding to the golf course, you know, um, now you look back on it and you know that that's where that wisdom yeah. came from. And you got to think, too, my dad being 77, right? He came up in a time where black folks couldn't even go to the water fountain. His white right. people, right? So, separate schools. You know, he had to endure that lifestyle, right? Right. Um, my grandfather and my dad got killed in a hunting accident. Uh, my dad was very young. Okay. So it, it's, it's kind of going, my dad grew up kind of without a dad, mm -hmm. around all the time, to he is given all these life, life lessons. He learned the hard way. Right. You know, the experimental. Right. I come along, he's passing those on loan to me. And he was there every day. Now I got my son. Mm -hmm. I'm not there every day. And so that's that, that when you think about that, that resonates pretty tough with me because all I've ever wanted was to have a son. You know, I love girls too. I mean, I grew up with sisters and um Yeah, get that in because you know girl dad is I know, I know, I know girl, girl dad, dad is trending there. right and, now. And you know, I always thought I was gonna be a good girl dad. Yeah, I always yeah, thought course. that. Yeah, of course. But you know, I did get that son. And so 
I have to live, and I don't know if necessarily it's guilt or, or, or selfishness that I'm living with because it was a selfish decision at that moment in time to separate from his mom, right? Because that was not a decision that was thought of for Blake. And so now we've got the dynamic to where, again, I'm going back to where I'm not there every day. And so it is a challenge to where to be that dad, you've got to, you've got to run through some hoops. And it's just ironic to be like that. My dad grew up kind of without his dad. He's the dad where I'm growing up with the dad every single day. Mm-hmm. And then now my son is not growing up with a dad there every single day because I hate to say it when you have custodial parents and not every dynamic is like that. My situation is how it is in the books where I'm kind of visiting. Right. And right. so mentally for me, that is a challenge because I know, cause I've been passed down from my dad. I want to give all these things to my son, but the way things are structured, that is a frustrating thing. And so to your point, you know, I hope my son is listening. Right. You know, because my time with him is on a clock. You know what I mean? And so that's frustrating for me because, like you said, I'm busy. I'm, I'm doing different things. And you're trying to juggle a bunch of different things. See, I wonder if yours resonate more than mine. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm with the boys. Well, again, we talked about this off air. You know, RJ's getting older, so I'm not with him. But that's by his choice, right? Because he's getting older, friends, he's just start working, you know, but he knows if I call dad, dad's there. If I, if I need to go see dad, dad's there. Yeah. You know, he knows, he knows that, right? And, and so, but in being such close proximity, it's a constant chatter. Me giving them stuff, yeah. giving them too, you know, and it might be too much and it becomes... It just becomes background chatter. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with your son, it might be like, oh, wow, there is a gym, right? I don't hear, they're not hearing mm-hmm. constant feedback right. you know, from them. Right. So, you know, and again, I, I think, like you said, at, at the end of the day, I'm not quite sure that, you know, it, they hear it anyway. Yeah. All we can hope, all we can hope is that we instill it in them. Right. Long enough. Right. You know, I, I have a theory. Um, and uh, I have a theory to parenting. And I'm just going to throw this out, especially in the first episode. And I always said, you know, for me, raising my kid, I said, imagine your dad coming to you on your birthday, every birthday. And the first birthday, he gives you a toolbox. Right. And you go damn toolbox I don't want no damn toolbox but you know they, and they give you the they give you the Xbox but they give you a toolbox and every Christmas you know they give you a wrench and they give you a screwdriver and they give you a saw and they give you you know they give you all these tools and you put them in the toolbox and you have you don't want them like you like what do I need this for I don't want this and they grow up and they they get a house and they get a wife yeah. and they get a family something breaks gotta go to that toolbox and they it hits them yeah gotta go i got a toolbox right i got a toolbox and I, that's one way i've always approached parenting is that they may not need it now but i'm trying to put stuff in the toolbox absolutely 
it's so hard to, to feel secure in what you're doing. It's so hard to feel safe. And, and again, you know, we, we've talked about this and, and that's, we, we parenting at a different level. Mm-hmm. I really believe that, mm-hmm. you know, even like you said, your dad was there every day, you know, it's still parenting at a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we're so invested in our kids' mental health. Right. You know, um, you mentioned something before we started and, you know, it was just like, what I heard is that it was your son's mental health you was worried about or mental, the perception. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably had the closest I knew to somebody who had the, the Mamba mentality mm-hmm. because of the way you approached playing the game. Like you really wanted to play the game. Whenever I tell your story and people ask me what happened, I always said the one thing you didn't have that Kobe had was that ability to not give a shit about anybody around you. Amen. Above that goal. Yeah. You try to juggle yeah. that dream with making everybody around you happy. And it wasn't just her. Right. It was making your sisters happy. Right. It was making your dad happy. It was making your mom happy. It was making your girlfriend at the time. Right. Who eventually became your wife. It was trying to juggle that dream and make them happy at the same time. Right. Whereas we know the Tigers, the Kobe's, the Jordans, all those people. Right. They shut that all down. They shut that all down. They, everything they don't, they don't else come became, yeah. everything became secondary. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that is the way. And I'm not saying that that's the right way to do things. Right. I'm just saying that I noticed that. I realized that. Now, you're 100% correct because I thought I could probably bring them along, mm-hmm. you know, because at the time, you and I had something pretty going pretty good because I had never approached the mental side, which was my only challenge because physically, I think I could play with anybody, right? right. But golf is such a mental game. I mean, it's 90% mental and 10% of what you physically can do. Right. And so we tried to mitigate, try to, try to bridge that gap to where the 90% got down a little bit lower and then my physical attributes could just be natural. And so to your point of what you're saying, I wanted everybody to be a part of this process. Right. But to be elite, to take the next step, right. You almost have to be selfish to the process. 100%. And I didn't want to do that because, you know, in in the moment, you know, I'm 20. uh, You you was a little bit older than me back then. But, you know, in in the early 20s, your early 30s, whatever like that. um, I I didn't, I didn't, I knew it, but I didn't, didn't want to accept it, right? I didn't want to. Say I need to I need to shut this down and really focus in on that, right. um, and that's the difference between the good and the great. To be the mama mentality, to where you know Kobe and all Tyke, all those guys were, you had to make sacrifices. And I didn't know at the time that I was willing to make that sacrifice. At yeah. the time, I was yeah. willing to put in the work. I was willing to put in the hours it took like that. But the other things that close the deal with your family, your girlfriends, your parents, you know, all that kind of stuff. Eventually a kid. 
Yeah, eventually because, a kid, because, and that came around. I'm yeah. going to tell you, um, that's what happened to me. You know, me and my kids have a, we have a, a joke. You know, I look at RJ and go, man, you ruined my, gra- you, you ruined my golf career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? you, ran, you ruined my golf career. Right? It's, a, it's yeah. a running joke that, yeah. man, you ruined it. Yeah. And I know even you, at one point, things got so crazy and so hectic that you stepped away from the game. Yeah, a long 100%. time. 100%. Long time. You know. Yeah, and, and it was part of... You know, they tell you the 10,000 hours, right? You put it in there. I know we put away 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. you know, in the golf. But it got to be where golf started to define who I was. And I didn't know if I was cool with that. Okay. that That's interesting, yeah. I, I, did, I didn't know because – I wanted it to be something that I did, but I didn't want it to be something that who I, who I was. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't want it to define me at some point in time. So, and I had put all this time and effort into it and felt like I didn't get the return on investment that I wanted, you know? And it got to a point where I just need to walk away from this. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, maybe this is not in my cards to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a long time Blake was born in 2008. Um, I kind of picked it back up, but there was a long stretch, um, the recent stretch, you know. Right. Um, I didn't pick up a club for for a while, like years, you know. Um, Did you miss it? Or was it part of a life's past? I that- think I have – I don't know if I missed it, but I had a different appreciation for it. Okay. The things that you used to tell me, I still I still think of those things today. Right. You know, you used to tell me back in the day, um, just just have a fun round. Just don't even keep score, right? Yeah. You know, because I was so caught up on score, 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 right. score, score, and you had to break that for me so bad. To sometimes you just need to go out and play. You right. just need to go play golf, hit golf shots. You know, don't worry about score. And I do that now. That like that's that's how I play. Right. Like I go out. To hit the golf shot. I don't worry about what I'm shooting. I don't worry about, you know, how I'm looking or anything. I'm going out there to hit golf shot because my mind, because we put so much time back 20-something years, 20 years ago, man. We put so much time into that. I have a foundation of I can see that shot. You used to tell me a lot of times, hit that golf shot in your mind, right? Like, see it. Like, see that shot. You know, if it's a dog leg left. You need to hit this tee shot. You need to see that ball drawn from right to left. That's how I play. And I have appreciation for that now. At the time, it was just like a quick fix. It was just like, I, I need to do this. But now. Like what your dad told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I want to learn. <laughs> but now it's an art. Now, and now yeah. it's an appreciation. Now it's ingrained. Yeah, it's, it's ingrained. It's, it's, and so that's a, that's a different approach. And there is something to the fact. And you could almost apply this to anything. Of course. You know, the, the older you get. Things kind of slow down for you. You appreciate literally the finer things in life. It can be dad. You can be parenting, being as a dad. You kind of mm-hmm. now you've seen so many different things. You can appreciate, you know, the little nuances in life. The little the little nuggets you can pass along to your kid. You can pass it along to the family, friends, or whatever. Um, but golf is such a difficult sport, right? That you know, you can get kind of caught up in trying to master it. No, you can't master it. You can't. And you can't master being a dad. You can't master it. But yeah, you can be pretty close. 
you can shoot your best shot. <laughs> you can shoot your best shot for the day.